YOLO, boys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, followers, viewers, listeners of the MFC Network. It's good to hear you, see you, collab with you guys tonight. The next installment of Midnight MMA, right? This show has not been recorded the last two weeks now, three weeks. I did not record the show just because of being exhausted. <clears throat> And uh, we've had multiple weeks in a row where we've had three events or more we were trying to cover and breakdowns and videos. And by the time Sunday came around, I was exhausted. <laughs> so welcome to MMA. This is your chance to get caught up on the week that was. What happened this past week? A lot. A lot happened. Sean O'Malley happened. Change of hands of the, of the strap, right? We had PFL playoffs semifinals come to a conclusion now we have the final set we'll talk about who those people are who are going on to fight in the finals in november i believe right of course week three of contender series feels like forever ago but we'll talk about that briefly because it's been almost a week now and of course week four of contender series comes up in about 48 hours make sure you tune in to our pre-fight show and live watch party on tuesday evening right here 7 30 p.m eastern time pre-fight show and then eight o'clock p.m eastern time is when the first of the five fights will start so we'll talk about yeah week four well we'll talk about week four at the end we'll talk about week three what happened there the results we got a contract and um and of course ufc singapore the results korean zombie and retirement everything else and for those who just couldn't get enough of mixed martial arts last week road to ufc episodes one and two I almost feel like it sounds like I'm reading from a Star Wars script. Road to UFC Singapore. Episode Uno. <laughs> so that was five fights on Sunday morning at the crack of ass, 4 o'clock a.m. I was up watching this. Episode two followed at like 6 o'clock a.m. <laughs> How does that impact the UFC? Some of those fighters can make their way to the active roster. That's the whole purpose of it, right? It's kind of like Contender Series, Ultimate Fighter with an Asian twist. We'll discuss the results of that. And on that note, I do need to give a very, 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 very special thanks to Hype 3 MMA. That's H-Y-P, uh, the number three MMA. You can find him on Instagram, also known as Christian. My buddy Christian from over across the pond. He did a wonderful job doing a write-up for episodes one and two of the Road to UFC. We published that newsletter on oh, 12 o'clock. Yeah, 12 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I'm delirious. This was a really busy weekend. 12 o'clock Saturday, we published a newsletter. Sometime we hours of the morning, like three o'clock in the morning, the tip sheet came out. But uh good breakdown thorough analysis thank you christian you did a wonderful job for those who caught it it was it was very thorough and DraftKings was offering lines to, to bet on road to ufc I, I got some action put some early parlays with stuff i have for this coming weekend and uh, things worked out pretty well thanks to christian uh, and as for our tip sheet that worked out with like i think plus one point something units so a little over 100 bucks nothing too crazy um but we'll talk about Road to UFC in a moment. Thank you, Christian. I appreciate that. We'll talk about what's coming up next week. The early look at UFC in France. UFC Palais de Francais. Uh, 
Uh, we'll talk about that. That was a terrible version of Palivavu Francais. I don't know, you know, I, I'm not very much French speaking. But to my, my brother Thomas from across the pond, Thomas, who is the connoisseur of our IG stuff, he is over in France. Much respect to my French brothers and sisters. But we'll talk about UFC France, of course. And we'll talk about Contender Series on Tuesday night. Um, so, and you know where to be, right? Tuesday night, you're going to be here watching that with us, 7 30 p.m. Eastern Time pre fight show. Don't miss it. All the cool kids will be here. Okay, let me start talking some, some let's talk some, you know, recap. Let's talk about what happened here last week. And I am going to do like a crescendo, a little build up, little by little, a little foreplay for you guys. It is late night mixed martial arts, right? You don't mind a little foreplay, do you? So last week, we start off the week with contender series on Tuesday. And I emphasize Tuesday because I was blindsided by the fact that PFL was on Wednesday. So it was like bang, bang, back to back midweek mixed martial arts. You know, you're not expecting it. PFL, arguably the second biggest promotion in the world, of, if not right there with Bellator, of course, behind UFC, uh, had their playoff event on Wednesday. And I can get all into why they did it on a Wednesday. I'm not going to do it to them, but PFL going to PFL. So Tuesday night, though, was contender series. That was week number Tres, right? Week number three. And on that contender series recap of the events, it was only four fights. We did lose a fight due to a, a fighter being overweight. Zachary Reese in the main event gets the win, does it in an armbar fashion round number one. And it was a fight where you didn't see it coming almost, right? This guy, Eli Arnoff, was on top of him kind of appeared to be in an okay position and then like he could have kind of pulled his arm out but instead he kind of sunk back down sunk back down into what would be a very quick armbar finish for zachary reese who clearly a minute and 14 seconds got a contract no doubt about it deserved it oban elliott in the co-main event if you can call it four fights he gets the decision win but it's a mess <laughs> it's a hot mess he gets the contract too i mean i'm looking at this I love me some Dana White. Who doesn't love them some Dana White? He's the you know godfather of mixed martial arts as we know it in the 21st century. But ultimately, I'm looking at him sideways like, yo, Dana, how are you going to give this guy a contract and then not give the next fighter here, Josephine Knudsen, who Knudsened all over Isis Vierbeck. Um, tough first name, by the way, Isis. I mean, the name's kind of going away, but that's got to be a tough first name in this, uh, this time and age. But Isis Vierbeck, uh, who's not in any way, shape, or form, you know, I, I'm making a joke, but you get the point. Um, and Josephine Nutson looked great, dominates for three rounds, doesn't get a finish. And so Dana post fight says, Yeah, she kind of whatever. I think she could do more. I want to see four more from her. Is that a wink wink? He wants to bring her back a la Bo Nickel style like he did last year. I, I don't know. I mean, if you guys don't remember, Josephine Nutson, we talked about in our breakdown of this fight, she was also on road to UFC and she did well there too. And, and so it's like, probably getting frustrated right this girl looks pretty good and she's young and undefeated probably should be in the ufc but you know what short list for a call-up right at some point they need a fighter they'll need a fighter her weight class or maybe around her weight class they'll give her a call she'll pop up there she'll get it done and then the first fight luis paello we were against him here on our prediction we had robbie king robbie ring to win that was the only one we got incorrect on this on this fight card and luis paello came out there and just stung robbie ring early and robbie tried to wrestle <laughs> we wanted him to wrestle we thought he could wrestle um, and we're seeing these Peruvian fighters coming out here and just playing no games. So Luis Payello gets a contract. Very well done. Three fine contracts go out to Zachary Reese, Oban Elliott. Uh, Josephine does not get one, and Luis Payello gets a contract. So that was last week. 
Week number three, I think we finished. Uh, well, let me not say think. Let me tell you exactly. Because when you say think, you can sound like a complete ass, especially when you're not correct on something, right? We have time here. It is Midnight MMA. Yours truly, Manny G here on the East Coast, not too far from New York City, talking all things mixed martial arts for last week. And then I'm going to give you guys a preview of what's coming up at the week ahead. We should be going for at least about an hour and a half. So dial in, relax. You can put this in the microwave, you know, kind of chill out here. Crack open a late night beer. I got you. Maybe roll something special. We're here with you with uh, for about 90 minutes. All right. So last week, Contender Series, week number three. Just want to pull up the uh, the tip sheet here and see how we did. And it's been a rough go recently. I ain't going to lie to you, man. We, we've been on a barely profitable minus two, three units. Barely profitable minus two, three units. So for last week, we only had one individual play for the individual bets. And that was Oban Elliott. At plus 155, 155 odds, we had a half unit to win 0.78 units, and that cashed. And that kind of reflection of, I mean, not much confidence, and also only five, four fights, sorry, four fights last week, right? That was our individual bets, our, our, our individual bet. Our prop bets, we had, with the screen over here, I feel like I'm like breaking my neck to look at you guys and everything else like that, okay? For our, our prop bets, Nutson by decision was minus 115. She won by decision. We had a quarter unit there to win 0.22 units. Elliot by decision by decision at plus three thirty that also hit 0.2 units to win 0.83. The other prop that we had was Zachary Reese by KO, that was plus two hundred. Man, he got a submission, so we were close to going three for three on our prop bets. We went plus 0.8 units on our prop bets. Parlays we had four of them, three of them hit. Nutson and Reese in one parlay. Nutson versus Vierbeck the fight going over one point five rounds. Plus Brito versus Elliot the fight going over one point five rounds. That two legger hit. Uh, ring versus Paiello, the fight not going the distance at minus 250. Reese, uh, uh, I'm sorry, ring, ring, ring versus Paiello, the fight no distance, plus Reese versus Aronoff, the fight also going no distance, minus 121 odds. That also hit for a 0.75 unit bet. So, in total, for our parlays, we ended up walking away with plus 1.22 units for our parlay pieces. And why is the music, uh, why has the music stopped? That was kind of weird. Just got like really quiet there. <laughs> I'm my own DJ. I need to put the music on. It's like it's almost like a the background noise. I need it. You know, it keeps me going, it keeps me focused, it keeps me motivated. Okay. <clears throat> Finish this tip sheet for you guys here. So for uh parlay pieces, super awesome. We had three of them, three parlay pieces on a four fight card. Josephine Nutson to win outright, minus 270. That hit. Reese Arnoff, fight no distance. Um Minus 330, that hit. And Ring versus Paello, the fight no distance, minus 250. All three probably pieces hit. For our specials, none of those hit. <laughs> the favorites, which would be Reese, Brito, Nutson, Ring, all those four combined did not hit. And, of course, that's because Nutson won. And um, and Reese won. But not... I'm losing my train of thought here. But not Brito, of course, and not Ring. Okay. The underdogs, that parlay didn't hit. Team America didn't hit. South Americans didn't hit. So for specials, we had negative 1.4 units. Our hedge bet was Isis Vierbeck at plus 220 odds. Just a half unit there. That didn't hit. So our final result was plus 0.9 units. So we finished just below a full unit in profit. But walked away with a few bucks for a small card. So that was um, last week contender series. We move on. Next fight on the uh, next fight card last week was PFL. So PFL number nine, 2023 playoffs. Okay. 
10 fights? Was it 10 fights? They did have 10 fights. The last four fights in the card were the ones that had playoff implications. So let's just go right to those. The other ones were, in essence, exhibition matches to some extent. Not exhibition, but they were matches that will count towards their record, but not towards the season. By the way, shout out to Biagio Ali Walsh, the grandson of Muhammad Ali. Uh, Another knockout this time in round number two. Never goes to round number two, so good for him. Shows some endurance there. And Alexei Pergon, who we've interviewed before, young prospect, goes to 4-0. Those guys both did well. Okay, let's go right into now the main card. Magomed Magomed Karimov versus Solomon Renfro. This was the first fight that would determine who would go on in that bracket um, to the finals, right? And that would be Magomed Magomed Karimov winning the fight by decision over Solomon Renfro. And now Magomed would face the winner of Olivier Aubameyang and Bruno Miranda. Uh, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> let me let me get this shit right. The winner of this match. Okay, so this is the that was a 170 pound match. <clears throat> the next fight on the card was the fight between Sadabusi and Carlos Leal, the other end of the welterweight uh, matchup. And Sadabusi won that fight by no surprise, by decision. Only surprise being it was by split. Got a little closer than I thought here, but we all expected Sadabusi to win the fight and by decision. So those two will match up now in the finals. Magomed, Magomed Karimov versus last season's winner, Sadabusi. And if Sadabusi wins this year, he's back-to-back winner, back-to-back champion per se, but back-to-back bags of a million dollars. Tell you what, life-changing times two. Uh, so next fight, Olivier Aubameyang. I mean, this guy's been around the block. His stats are always in the front of my head. Nine and five UFC career. It's like, why did they let him go? Hits the reset button, goes to the PFL, been here for a minute, and hasn't lost a fight in the PFL. Like, sort of like seven, eight, nine fights in a row. This guy also was crowned last year as champion. Um, wait, timeout. How could he have been champion if it's the same division? No, no, different division. <laughs> Jeez. But yes, Olivier Aubameyang. This is the, uh, these are what, these are middleweights. Lightweights. 155 pounders. That's what they, that's what they are. God damn it. So he won his fight by knockout. Round number two over Bruno Miranda. He moves on to fight Clay Collard, who won the main event last, last week against Shane Burgos. And I'll tell you what, that's the one thing I'm going to talk about before we move on this card. So, again, the finals will be Clay Collard versus Olivier Mercier, OAM, Sadabusi versus Magomed Magomed Karabov. And for the other people in the PFL, whatever universe, that's like Larissa Pacheco from last week and uh, Marina, Nakina, like those fighters. There's a handful. They will all fight in the finals in November. So there's a break now. So it's going to be like all of September, all of October, and then sometime around Thanksgiving time around that vicinity is the finals and uh the end of the pfl season in the north american regular season now there will be the pfl europe finals coming up i believe like in september or october so uh which is always interesting so different kind of season different kind of situation over there uh but anyway main event shane burgos loses this fight and i had a whole thing right up in the newsletter about man you know i thought pfl really you know moved the goalpost by putting him in the playoffs in the first place because he didn't really qualify outright. But let's look at the reality here. This guy leaves the UFC in 2022, comes over to the PFL. First fight was supposed to be Mar- Marlon Marias, former UFC fighter too. And you see the PFL like, oh man, we're getting these former UFC guys, have them fight each other, look at us, we're like the UFC. Well, two things about that fight. One, my man Burgos couldn't show up and fight because he was injured, couldn't do it. Okay, fine. 
take a break, recover. But it would have been a gimme for him. He would have won that fight easily, right? Put him into a nice situation, get him on a winning streak. All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Marlon Marais, he he fights in the PFL a few times and just gets <laughs> pow. Never should have been fighting after he retired from the UFC. Should not have been fighting at the tail end of his UFC career either. <laughs> but PFL was like, come on, man, come over here. So he gets knocked out. He retires. He's done. Here comes back. Bird goes, loses his first fight to OAM. By decision back in April, the first fight of the regular season. Second fight of the season, he wins by a decision over Yamato Nishikawa. So not finishing anybody, but by decision. And mind you, by the way, uh, Burgos has been decision now. is one, two, three, four, last five fights. And then this fight here, Clay Collar loses by decision last week. So he's now one and two in the PFL and didn't make the playoffs. And I don't know what the deal is with him financially. But it sounded like, you know, the way he came over from UFC, it was like, oh, you know, they're taking care of me. I'm getting paid. So on and so forth. So kind of, a, I mean, what do you say here? I think you just say, look, you're waiting. To, I mean, first of all, he's going to be waiting for a minute because Burgos, next time he fights is like April. <laughs> That's the next time they have a regular season fight. If he stays with PFL next year, he's fighting in April. You know what I'm saying? Unless they put him on a pay-per-view card, because it's a guy, you know, UFC fighter. If you are in the chat, let me give you a shout out. Terry Mizo, Anthony W, Hype 3. Antoine Willis was up in here early. See you guys. The PA podcast. What's up, fellas? What's up? Antoine Willis. The crowd, the crew. Appreciate you guys stopping through tonight, talking all things MMA from last week. And a little preview of the week ahead. I just got like parched there. I had to get some um, wet the palate, so to say, right? All right. So anyway, yeah, Shane Burgos on ice now for a little bit. We'll see what happens there. And then we fast forward to the next event of last week, which was road. I'm sorry. No, how can I skip it? UFC Singapore, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night Holloway versus Korean Zombie. Let's go right from the top down. The main event. Korean Zombie does the entire mixed martial arts world. The hugest, like, like I got your back, pretty much. Everyone around the world tuned in. United States, we're over here. It's like all early in the morning. West Coast, it's like really early in the morning. <laughs> and people everywhere are tuned to this fight from around the world. And this guy, Zombie, goes out in round number three and says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go out on my shield. I'm going to go out swinging. If I land something special, he goes down. I pull off an upset. If I get, if I eat something bad, I'm I'm done for. He had been cracked a few times in round two. You know, he was already starting to face the pressure. He comes out there and just unloads. He goes for it right away. And I had uh, the fight going over 1.5 rounds as a popular parlay piece for me in a few spots. So I was already satisfied. At this point, I'm like, I'm just watching and thinking, oh, I also had a little small play on Korean Zombie. Just, you know, whatever. It was big dog money, right? 20 bucks or something like that. And uh, so I was like, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> Max hits him with a real clean counter. And Zombie, you know, goes down, still swinging kind of thing. You know, f- you know, limp body falls down. And, you know, amazing. Not No follow-up punches from Holloway, which is pretty awesome. And the fight ends. But I'll tell you, even early on, Holloway had, you know, he went for uh, like a Darce choke after it looked like he had stunned 
Korean Zombie, Zombie fought through that. Unbelievable showing, super emotional afterwards, retires, audience, everyone's just kind of like, you know, emotional. His students, family, wife, they're all there, they're all present. And uh, he had a moment with his wife right outside the octagon where he's like, you know, hugging her, had a few tears. You see the passion sort of, you know, pouring out of him, a guy who's put his whole career there, a guy who's been in the Navy for his country, um, you know, started, started martial arts at 13, 14 years old and, and just, you know, came from humble beginnings and became a superstar in essence. And now he's, you know, I guess a uh, high level coach has some has some youth under his watchful eye. Some of those guys actually fought on road to UFC the following day. But, yeah, Korean Zombie is the man. I think it's kind of funny that people don't know his real name. <laughs> I think it's just absolutely hilarious. This might be one of the most funniest things of the sports weekend. Chan Sung Jung. And I believe pre-fight, they were saying that even he likes to be identified as Korean Zombie. He likes that better than his own name. And I'm like, Ugh. I mean, like, doesn't the guys like that that movie Tropic Thunder? What's his name? When uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in, in character, and my man can't break out of character. Well, that's what happened here to Korean Zombie. He was born Chan Sung Jung. <laughs> he adopted the nickname Korean Zombie. And now people, I, I guarantee you this, if you were to ask a lot of, not all, not all, and I'm not saying casual, but if you ask a few average fans, hey, what's his, what's his brother's name over here? They're going to be like, oh, Korean Zombie? Oh, it's um, it's a Chan. Chan something. <laughs> yeah, Chan Sung Jung. Remember the name. But yeah, on a serious note, God bless him. He gave us all a treat, man. On a serious note, he went out there and put on something special. And, and I can't help but to say some fighters would not do that. I am not saying anything by name. I'm not saying anyone by gender. And I'm not the one in there fighting. But the, the you know, the gravitas, the cojones, the balls, the, the manhood, whatever you want to call it, testosterone, that this guy has to go out there after getting cracked in round two and still, you know, I'm going to go out there and go balls to the wall. Love this guy. One of my new favorites, Korean Zombie. And off into retirement, as he should. Co-main event, Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann goes to a split. A lot of people were like, oh, you know, I thought some guy, you know, I look, I don't know, man. I think if it was a close fight, which it appeared it was based upon the scorecards, I think the one thing that should have swayed it was that there was much more damage on Anthony Smith, right? I thought he obviously had more damage on his face. His one eye was pretty swollen. But, you know, he's a veteran. You know, he's does commentating work. He's not a bad guy. He's well-known. I mean, shocked that it went to decision. That's the Nobody saw this thing going over two and a half rounds. No one. I didn't. But uh, it did. So goes to split. Anthony gets the nod. Hey, is what it is. Uh, Giga Chikadze versus Alex Caceres. Tell you what, man, maybe Giga won. Maybe Caceres deserved to get one of the judges to give him a nod here. I don't know. Uh, I know one thing. I don't like the fact that I put some money on Caceres and he didn't even attempt to do any sort of grappling. This I found to be extremely frustrating. But for Giga, welcome back. About 10 months, maybe even longer. A long layoff. He looked rusty. Round number one, hesitant. Round number two and three picked it up. I think round number three may have been his best round, but... It was like 3027, I think, one judge. <laughs> I was like, what? I thought Alex got one round. Anyway, next fight down, Rinya Nakamura versus Fernie Garcia. And this fight did not turn out the way that anyone expected. Now, I would love to point back to our newsletter this week where I 
reminded everyone of something that we all know just need to be reminded sometimes when you see that little mexican flag a little like italian kind of colors there a little symbol in the middle you blow it up it's a mexican flag fernie garcia is that spanish name these 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 guys are built different it's just all i can say they're built different they're just not built from the same fabric or cloth or dna you want to call it for some reason in the culture of mexicans the aztecs these people can take a punch. They're super durable. Rinya Nakamura, people had this as like, first of all, minus 300 for Nakamura ITD. That's what the line was. I know it just offhand. Remember, that's what it was for Into the Distance. So that gives you an idea. Not to mention he was like a minus whatever, seven, 800 favorite, the biggest favorite of the entire card. And Fernie comes out here and makes it a match. He makes it a little tough. So great job from Fernie. Sucks he had to lose. He did lose. Uh, Rinya Nakamura, you know, got a lot of position control. Went through submission attempts, gets the win, and uh, and deserving of it. Good prospect there, undefeated, eight and zero. But for Fernie, man, I hope the UFC gives him a a, a good matchup that he's going to have a chance to win in his next fight. Now moving down, a fight that could have been co-main event of this card: Aaron Blanchfield Taylor Santos. As the fight got closer and closer, I even put a few bets in on Blanchfield, and I don't know what it all was, but I maybe I even was hearing it like you know in the, in the echo sphere, Blanchfield. <clears throat> the one thing I could get my hands around was how would it go? Would it be submission? <coughs> Excuse me. Either one. Would it be decision? Santos went to decision with Shevchenko, who's pretty good. You know, five rounds, whatever. I, I figured if she can do that, probably can go the full distance here with Blanchfield. Though in round three, Santos got very tired. And that was a big factor here. Blanchfield got pieced apart round one was looking unsteady. And I thought early round one, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a second here. Her striking has improved, but it hasn't improved that much. She got cut, ate some damage, but the fight works out probably best case scenario where she sustained some level of like, you know, turbulence. It wasn't a smooth ride. Has to recover for a minute. Has to put pull up her bootstraps, recover enough to come back in round two, patch up the, you know, the, the leaking of the nose, whatever. Uh, make round two close, round three looking way better than Santos and wins by decision in a fight that I thought she won rounds two and three. It makes sense to me. Blanchfield, good test. Shows she could throw down on the feet. Santos, you know, it, the, the the jury's still out on her. Yeah, There's still some stuff there where you're like, and again, both ladies didn't have much grappling success here. This fight played out mostly on the feet, but uh, good win for Blanchfield. She moves on. All right, next few fights will move down pretty quickly here. Junior Taffa, round one knockout over Parker Porter. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Who would have thunk it, right? Um, yeah, my goodness. I'll, I'll move on. Waldo Cortez Acosta. Now, this one's a surprise. Round one knockout, Lucas Bresky. I had the fight starting round two. That was minus 450. It was in a parlay. I hit the hedge button here and went the fight ends in round number one at some point. Just the fight not going to round number two in essence, which was like plus like 300 something. And I cashed out there. So I kind of hedged the bet. Didn't really lose any money. Made a few bucks, if anything. But Waldo Cortez Acosta, who seems to have punching power but doesn't have finishes, yeah, he had stanky leg doesn't cover it. He had Lucas Bresky swinging, dancing, swaying, bobbling, leg, ankle. At one point, Lucas said, I'm just going to do like a Michael Jackson turn. All this going on after he got massively hit with next to the temple basically on an overhand kind of shot from Waldo Cortez Acosta the overhand former like 90 plus mile per hour baseball player made the, wow, wow, hits Bresky and Bresky does the stanky leg 
before what I yeah the referee kind of tries to come over in time man but like one more shot from Waldo Cortez I would implore you watch the replay because from there the next shot becomes Lucas Bresky's face head breaking his fall into the ground <laughs> don't let your neck break your fall yeah, massive win for Acosta. Tough day at the office for Bresky and Bresky. Yeah, he'll, he'll be back. He'll be fine. They need heavyweights badly for Cortez. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Garrett Armfield, round one, knockout over Toshiomi Kazama, who Kazama got hit by one or two punches and then just never got it together. And Garrett noticed it. Garrett was like, oh, that kind of phased you. That kind of, you didn't like that? I'm going to, kept hitting him. And even though Toshiomi had his guard up, like your hands, you know, these aren't like big pillowcases, like, you know, knuckles, hand, you know, part of the fist gets around them. And you're still feeling the, the blow. He just didn't recover. He tried a few times, to, like, let me hold on for a second and then try to throw something powerful. But as he would throw something powerful, he could expose, then Garrett would hit him again. I had Kazama to win. I believe he's like a plus 135 range dog. And Garrett Armfield looked tremendous. USA looked great there. Good win for him. Next fight, Mikhail Olosheshik. Remember the name. This guy's this guy's good, man. Chitty Ninja Kwani. Round one knockout. This fight was deemed to end by knockout. I believe the fight ending by knockout was like minus like 200-ish, maybe in that range. Um, I could look it up. You know what? I'm going to look it up. But the point is that that was a given here. These guys are both power strikers. You know, uh, Chitty's more of a kickboxer, like massive long legs. And if when they first got out there, it's like, damn, Chitty's so big. And Chitty has like an eighty inch reach. Mikel's like seventy four inches, something like a six or seven inch reach advantage for for Chitty. So early on, he was doing some stuff, kicking Mikel. He knocked down Mikel with a few like inside leg kicks and knocked him off balance. And Mikel's trying to close distance, trying to go forward, but he's eating some shots. And I'm like, you know what? I had Mikel picked. I'm like, it's not going to be a good pick. I see Chitty's gonna knock his ass out, <laughs> you know. And they both had some strikes. Matter of fact, Chitty rocks Mahel at some point, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's not looking good. But this guy, this you know, he's a tough guy, Polish guy, bites down the on the on the mouthpiece. He then rocks Chitty, and then Chitty doesn't recover, and Chitty kind of keeps getting swallowed up, and Chitty's not getting tired, but like, it's a, it's a kind of fatigue where you're getting damaged, right? If you don't know, Mihailo Sheshik, he fought up at like light heavyweight, I think, before or something like that. He was fighting up at a higher weight class than he should have before, put it that way. He's a guy with some serious punching power. The grappling, I don't know. If I'm the UFC, keep giving him guys that'll strike with him. Same with Chitty. Give these kind of guys, they'll strike with these guys because they're such good, entertaining fighters. They'll put on good fights, knockouts, or get knocked out themselves. But if you give Mihailo Sheshik like a grappler or someone who's going to wrestle him, that's going to be the problem. He doesn't do that. Mikhail Olusheshek does not grapple, but man, he can box. The guy's got some hands. So nice win for him by knockout. Makes it look pretty smooth. Round number one. Kanan Song picks up the win. Biggest upset of the entire card, right? Uh, over Rolando Bedoya, who Bedoya was a, what, minus 350, 300 range favorite. Bedoya Bagoya. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Kanan Song, good fight. I worried Kanan Song was going to get fatigued. He didn't. Uh, I think maybe he lost round one. And then rounds two and three, Duffy Kanan Song won. But, man, bad situation for Bedoya. He had some moments, but he, he's so sloppy. His hands are down. When he gets hit, like he gets hit, his whole body kind of moves. It's that you know situation where you get hit by a punch and there's no poker face. Like his whole body's rolling. So it, it got sloppy for him. He may have outstruck Song at times, but again, Song would then land the more powerful punch, the more impactful punch. No one gets too hurt here. 
But it goes a full decision. You're talking about a fight in Singapore. Kanan Song, you know, a bit of a new household name. Ronda Bedoya had no chance here once it gets to the scorecards. And so right decision here to go with Kanan Song by decision. But we didn't pick him to win. We had Bedoya like everyone else. And wow, big upset here. All right, moving down. Billy Golf. Billy Golf. I had Yasaka Kaneshita. I'm like this Japanese prospect. Finishing power. Billy Goff got rocked in his last fight, even though he came back and won. I'm like, you know, I'm just like, I don't, I'm not seeing it. And then Billy Goff went out there and looked wonderful, made some improvements. We talked about that long, what, 10 month, 11 month layoff, which is good for him. Young fighter. He looked wonderful, made a mark out there and lands a body shot, not a liver shot, just a straight up punch that gets glanced and hits like the lower stomach, almost the appendix area, and just puts down Kinoshita. He folds up right away. And it's a, it was a volume type of situation where he was fighting like Sean Strickland, just backing up Kinoshita. And Kinoshita's like, damn, this guy won't stop throwing punches. I'm trying to block him. They're not very hard. He's just throwing and throwing. Next thing you know, one of them connects. And Billy Goff, very nice job. Round number one finish. Moving down here, J.J. Aldrich picked up the win here. Round number two, knockout over Nali Yang. And I got to tell you, I was doubting J.J. Aldrich. I liked Nani Lang by round one armbar. I was talking about that. She had some armbar finishes, and I just didn't think that J.J. Aldridge had enough of a, like, a killer dog in her to finish Nali Yang, which is what I thought needed to happen. But J.J. actually showed me that. She was a dog. She went out there round number two, takes down Nali Yang. I'm trying to think exactly how it happened, but she beats her the hell up on the ground. Eventually, Nali Yang is like face down, covering up, and J.J. just landing punches. And Nali Yang, that's her MO, right? If she can't finish you in round number one, or really early in round number two, then she gets finished. And I believe all of her finishes for Nali Yang, like all 19, are by finish. <laughs> it's crazy, right? And then probably her seven losses, I'd say like maybe five of those seven losses, she's probably getting finished, or maybe all of them. And then first fight, Sung Woo Choi versus Jarno Ahrens. We were on Jarno Ahrens to win. We had some doubts about Sung Woo Choi, specifically the fighter IQ, being up in fights and getting knocked out, whatever. But he looked good. He looked really good. Uh, he definitely won the fight. It was a clear decision win for him. I think 30-27 to most of the cards. He goes to 11 and 6. For Jarno Aarons, you know, I, I looked I looked for this fight to be a better version of what I saw from him. And I thought if he looks back at this fight, he'll stick to himself, you know, he could have done more too. Because it was moments where he was he was doing well. And he just wouldn't keep throwing punches or he'd back up, allow some Wuchu to have a moment. It's like, look, dude, you can't be in a close fight here in Singapore with a guy who's, you know, from South Korea. Like you're gonna have to really step on the on the pedal. So he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Left it left a lot on the table, right? So for some Wuchoi, nice job, it's a decision win. And that is your result for UFC Singapore. Now, we mentioned before, if you weren't fulfilled this weekend with some mixed martial arts, then the following morning, <laughs> Sunday morning, you had the Road to UFC. Road to UFC. Episodes one and two. Not sure why I just can't just call it episode one and just have it all be one fight card. Nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine fights. Ten, I don't know. But I don't know a lot of things, so you know, I just I just read the I read the notes here. That's what I'm doing. So episode one was at four o'clock in the morning here, Eastern Time, New York City time, on Sunday, the 27th of August. And the first fight, the card. Oh yeah, you know what? Let me give this a go because you guys all deserve a good laugh here. So let me try to get this pronunciation here. I'm gonna go like one syllable at a time. All right, the first fight, Peter Dane Dane Soey. I think Dane Soe, Deniso, Denisoe, Peter Deniso, up against Naya Maigaral, Tumen Demberal. Yep, that guy. And uh, the results of this fight were Tumen Benderal 
he won by a technical rear naked choke. And I didn't have any money in this fight, so I wasn't really paying close attention. But he gets the fight. He gets the win. And I believe that is that a non-tournament? I have to double check the records here because they're not all tournament fights. Does it tell me here? It's a main card flyweight. I'm not even sure because at least one one or two of these bouts is not a tournament bout. And I'm not sure if it's this one. Next fight, Ritaisuro. The young Japanese prospect with a lot of hype. He wins by decision over Mark Klamako. Now, this fight was a tournament semifinal bout. So the one who moves on from this fight goes to the finals. I wanted Klamako to win. I had somebody on Klamako at plus 100. And, it, oh, man, this guy freaking re Ruya. This guy just got, like, doesn't let go of you. Grappling, grappling, holding. Super boring, but he gets the job done. A lot of control time. Klamako, he couldn't defend takedowns. Couldn't get up. It happens. Re moves on. Re or Raya Tesaro, the uh, Japanese fighter. Next fight, Chinese fighter. And this was also a tournament fight here. It was Yiza. Yiza. Tough name. Just one name, like Madonna. Yiza versus Sang Wan Kim. And Yiza wins the fight by decision. But man, it went back and forth. Both guys had moments. And Yiza was a minus 550 favorite. I had him in a parlay. I was, I was sweating. I was sweating. So he moves on in the tournament. Next up, ooh, another name like Mad- Madonna name, just one name. It's Jinny Ushiyi versus Seeing Guk Choi. Yes, look at me now putting out my best version of pronouncing Asian last names. This was another fight that was part of the tournament, and we had a decision win there by Jinny Jinny Shuyi, who was like a plus, or I'm sorry, minus 110, a pick on price. He wins by decision, and for his opponent here, Sung Guk Choi. He had some good moments. They both did. It was a really close fight. Probably could have gone either way. By the way, my buddy here, Hype 3 MMA, he wrote the write-up on this, and he did pick Jinny uh, Jinny Shuyi to win that fight, and that's why I bet on him, and it ended up working out. So thank you. Thank you, Hype 3. Christian. Last fight in episode one was Kai Win Lee versus Ka- Koya Kanda. Koya Kanda? Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. Kai Win Lee versus Koya Kanda. Now, look, I'm going to just say it. I'm going to call a spade a spade here. Kanda. Dude was running around the cage, man. You got to engage and fight. And Kaiwan Lee, you got to cut the cage off. This became a really bad fight to watch at some point. Round number two, the referee stops the fight and says, look, like one championship style, like you guys got to fight. You're fighting for a contract. Don't have to run you that. They're, they both don't speak English. They're like, huh? What? <laughs> I'm just joking. One guy does speak English. I think Kaiwan Lee, the other one, I don't know. But man, yeah, Kaya Kanda just, man, just was a few times, actually, Kaiwan Lee would just stop for a second. Stop by going after him, and you'd see Kaiwa Kanda would still keep circling away, and Kaiwa and Kaiwin Lee would just stand there and like look at him, like, "Where are you going, dude?" So they both could have done better work there, but for Kaiwa Kanda, I got the impression he was kind of scared at some point and just didn't want to fight. So that was episode one. Episode two was right afterwards. It was four more fights, like basically back to back episodes of Contender Series is what we were watching here, the Asian version. First fight, Long Zhao versus Shuya Kamikubu. And Long Zhao was a big dog here, like almost plus 200. We bet on him. Again, advice coming from Hype 3. He won the fight, majority decision. It was close. I thought he won. He won. Next fight, Rong Zhu versus Sang uh, Yuk Kim. This fight in round one was like, okay. <clears throat> Rong Zhu had some moments, but you know, Sang Uk Kim was like, yeah. Round two, kind of like, you know, 
Now, second half of round two into round three, Rong Zhu was cracking this boy. He had one eye kind of beat up a little bit. He was styling on him, but he never could put him away. And Sung and Sung Yuk Kim, this guy from South Korea, got a chin and a half, took everything that Rong Zhu gave to him. And of course, Rong Zhu has fought the UFC before, looking to get himself back into um, a UFC contract. Next fight, Chung Chang, Chang Ho Lee, South Korean fighter versus Darmisi. Zhao Zhao Pasi. All right. So Darmisi Zhao Pasi versus Shang Ho Lee. Zhang Ho Lee wins the fight by a round three ground and pound knockout. I'm going to tell you the truth. It was at this time that I fell asleep. <laughs> I remember watching the Rung Zhu fight and being like, I'm going to go lay down. You never, ever, ever, ever lay down. I'm going to I'll go lay down. I'm going to set up the, the, I got my TV in my room. I just put it in my back. I got it. No big deal. UFC fight, fight pass. Pull the remote. Or waking up and seeing like a, a, a fight from, I don't know, two years ago. Just some rerun on fight pass. I'm like, what, what happened? I missed what? I missed it. I missed this fight and the last fight. But I can tell you what happened. Chang Ho Lee. He styled in this guy around number three, ground and pound. The fish. And then the main event was Shin Haraguchi versus Jay Hing Park. And by the way, these last two fights, I had no action on them in terms of betting perspective. If you followed our tip sheet... We also had no action on these last two fights. So, you know, selfishly, knowing that I had nothing invested in the fight, I guess I kind of like let it go. Fell asleep last two fights. Yeah, main event there was Shin Haraguchi by decision. As for our tip sheet, I'm happy to say we did walk away with a small profit of plus 1.02 units. Here's how it got done. Individual bets. We had Peter Denosio Soe or whatever his name is, Danny Soe. Plus 135, uh, 0.75 units to win 1.01. Big bet there for us in terms of this fight card, or maybe our biggest individual bet. It, it didn't work out. <laughs> Long Zhao, Zhao Long, that guy won the fight, plus 180, half unit to win 0.9 units. That was nice. And then Mike Mark Klamako, I'm sorry, plus 100 to win 0.5 units, a half unit bet there. I don't mind that bet. I thought that fight could have gone, man, it was close at some point, but, you know, is what it is. So, 1.75 units for individual bets on the line to win 2.14. We walk away with negative 0.35 units for individual money line bets. For parlays, we had Jiayi minus 550 plus Zhu Rong minus 440 plus Kai Win Li at minus 340 plus Jin Shu Yi minus 110. That little four legger of Asians gives you plus 258 odds. Yeah. A 0.4 unit bet to win 1.03 units, and that baby, that hit. And I want to thank again my man Christian Hype Three for telling me to bet on Shinichi Yi. Yeah, my man over there. Now, same parlay, just take out Shinichi Yi, and you're just left with Jiayi, Zhu Rong, and Kai Wan Lee. A little three legger right there. That's minus 114 odds. We put a 1.14 unit bet there to win one unit outright, and we did win it. Next parlay was just Kai Wan Lee and Zhu Rong. So Kai Wan Lee minus 340, Zhu Rong minus 440 gave you minus 170 odds. We had a 1.25 unit bet there to win 0.74 units. The last parlay was Peter Denosoe plus 135, Long Zhao plus 180, and Mark Kamako plus 110. All plus money there for those guys. We had a, a 0.1 unit bet there, so 10 bucks, and then a 0.3 unit bet after moving one of the legs. So 40 bucks out the window there in total. For our parlays, we went plus 2.37 units. 
For our parlay pieces, here we go again. Very hot on these parlay pieces the last few cards. Zhu Rong, minus 440, and Kai Wan Lee, minus 340. They both hit. Okay. The long shots, we had a play on Sang Won Kim, Sang Uk Kim, and Kaoya Kanda. All smaller plays, hedge bets, one unit in total. The final result was plus 1.02 units for our road to UFC action this past weekend. And from what I understand, I think Hype 3 has informed me that Road to UFC is going to be taking place next in December. No prop bets, no live betting, but we'll have you some money lines available 48 to 72 hours beforehand on the DraftKings. Next event will be in December. That will be the finals. And I guess in theory, the winners of those finals would be winning contracts. That's that's how I understand this, right? Um. Question here in the chat, though, by Antoine. Do I think Shane Burgos is done? I don't know that that's the case at all. I just think maybe. I mean, look, <clears throat> I'm trying to draw comparisons, right? You mentioned NBA 2K, and I, I watch NBA. I watch NFL, uh, Major League Baseball. Okay, here's, here's what it is. It's like literally a baseball reference here for you guys. If you're playing in Major League Baseball and you're okay, like, you know, you're you're decent. Like you're not an all-star, but like you're you're okay. Like you're one of the top guys on your team. You know, you're you're definitely valuable to teams, right? You know, you're a starter, okay? Um, and then you get you get moved down to triple A, right? But you're in the same contract, same contract. Cause in pro ball, right? If you get moved down to triple A, double A, single A, like and you're still in a, you're still in that same contract. It happens. Like big time ball players will be like big time slunt. They hit a slump. It's like, oh, go down to AAA. Some of these guys never get out of it. They get bought out because they're getting paid the same pro salary while they're not trying to figure this shit out, right? So imagine Shane Burgos, right? You're at the major league level, UFC. You drop down, in essence, to the easier competition. You go down to AAA baseball, and now you, now you, you can't hit? All of a sudden, you go on a hitting slump? You start playing worse than you did when you were in the pros. And you were and you were you were like, you know what? I'm still making the money, dude. I'm gonna go down there and play, I'm gonna play easier competition, I'll be fine. So that's gotta be super duper discouraging for him, Antoine. But I don't think he's done. I, I just think, you know, maybe he he maybe he made a calculation mistake. <laughs> maybe he calculated this is gonna be easier for me, and um it wasn't. So anyway, yeah. Um Road to UFC was good. I'm looking forward to December to see the next installment of that, which should be the, the finals. Some promos here for you guys. Some reminders, please. If you don't know, we have a Tapology group now. The ID number is 1269. And if you guys don't mind, I'm going to take you over and show you exactly how to find the group, how to sign up for the group, and tell you why you should sign up. A new winner is assigned every single week. Pretty simply put, you could win some money, cash, a prize. Last week's winner was Saba, and Saba has been hot. My man has been in Fuego recently. Matter of fact, he picked himself up uh, a few wins over the last few weeks, and uh, he's made himself a few bucks, a little over 100 bucks in, in winnings. Every week there's a new winner. It's very simple. Let me just go ahead and... You know, put it out for you guys in layman's terms, right? As they say, I'm here on tapology.com. If you've never heard of it, 
that's fine. At some point, if you watch enough mixed martial arts content or YouTube channels and stuff, you'll hear the phrase tapology. Like, what, is, what is this tapology stuff? What is this tapology they talk of? Tapology.com is the website, T-A-P-O-L-O-G-Y, like biology, but tapology. I think you get the reference. You go there, and if you're logged in, you're going to be fine. It'll have your little login information here in the top right. Like this guy here says right here, says uh, MA Fight Club up here in the top right. Okay. If you're not logged in, log in. And if you're not logged in because you have an account, then create an account. It just takes a few moments. You just need an email. Bang, bang, you're done. Now that I'm logged in, I'm going to scroll down here to groups. Now, the group I'm in is called Survival of the Fittest. That's the group we're talking about. There's 22 cold-hearted, cold members in there. Killers. Straight geniuses. So if I go to Join Groups, that's the button I want to click here on this page. Join Groups. All right, so I... Stop going. Stop scrolling. My mouse is a mess. So I hit Join Groups, and from there... I'm on that first page of, of groups. It says ID 1504, you see 1502, ID 1500, and, and so on and so forth. These are all groups that people have created. They're free to create these groups. You can create a group if you want to your, of your own, right? If you were to scroll down that first page, it takes you down to ID number 1460. Ours is 1269. So I think the easiest way to find that is I'll go to page three, maybe page six, page five. It is on page five, I believe. Yes, page number five is ID twelve sixty nine. You'll see the MMA Fight Club name there and the logo, the black and black and yellow logo. And if you go to the right, you'll see a, a little link there that says join. Now this one says view because I'm already in the group, right? But yours would say join. You click that. I would get this notification. You're trying to join the group. I would accept your notification and you are in there. Now, I will go ahead here real quickly and show you, for example, what it looks like for last week, right? So here we go. Let's go previous event. So previous event, there we go. Actually, why is it? Uh... Oh, because you know why? It brought over their results. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So Saba did win the previous event, but where are you from? DVD and Papa Chuck just joined the group, and those guys had bigger results last week. Interesting. But Saba, who had 680 points, he was the one who won last week. And again, what you're doing is you're just picking the UFC card, the method of victory for each fight. It's free to do it. It's pretty simple. Take some time. Figure it out. Join this group, and if you win, you win cash prize each week or some kind of item each week. It's all just for fun. Compare yourself against other people out there who are doing some, you know, predicting capping. You got MA Jesus in the house. He's down there. But uh, let's go to the group. Everyone's invited. If you have a friend or a friend who wants to jump in here too, they're all welcome. And we will recognize the winners of the groups. I'm sorry, the groups. The winner of the group will be recognized every single week on our midnight show and also in our newsletter. So, again, congratulations to Saba MMA. Well done, sir. That's multiple wins the last few weeks. And you received your money, I think, yesterday or today already. Something like that. You've been paid. Okay. That's about Tapology Group. So Tapology Group, check it out, guys. Sign up. Join us there. Secondly, our newsletter. If you don't like newsletters, it's okay. Sign up anyway. Support our newsletter. Support our content. Support what we're doing here. And again, this week we had a guest writer for our newsletter, which is awesome. Thank you, Christian. Did a great job. 
It's run through Substack. If you don't know what Substack is, pretty simple app. Download to your phone. Very easy to use. Not intrusive. We don't spam you. Written breakdowns for PFL, UFC, Bellator, Invicta, those kind of events. Tip sheets and uh, and some content from guest writers. So check out our newsletter there on uh, Substack, MMAFightClub.substack.com. We appreciate you signing up for the newsletter. There's a free version and a paid version. Either one. Thank you for your support. Okay, so what is coming up this week? Well, we've got Dana White Contender Series on Tuesday night. We've got that. Let's talk about that. The first thing you need to know is that at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, the pre-fight show will start right here at uh, 7.30 p.m. Yeah, 7.30. So pre-fight show, just to go over any last-minute stuff from weigh-ins, the, the weigh-ins will be on Monday. We'll have the video of that available on YouTube out there. where Everyone can watch if they want to. It's only five fights. again, five face-offs, right? Ten people have to weigh in. But um, we'll have any results from that. Hopefully no updates. We'll preview again the fights one last time. The tip sheet for Dana White Contender Series cannot go out until like a few hours before the event because the the lines, like the, the money lines available what, a day or two before the fight goes out or goes on. But the prop bets, oh man, those are not available until like a few hours before the fight. And so for us to get a tip sheet out that's at least comprehensive, that includes the prop bets <clears throat> or like over-unders at least, it goes out like maybe again, like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. We apologize, but that's kind of what we're up against. So, but this week, Number four, contender series. No females this week. We had one female bout last week, which, you know, you get maybe one or two female bouts the entire season, to be honest with you. Carlos Parates. Parates? Minus 195 against Mitch Ramirez, the first fight, plus 150. Let me pull up their <clears throat> their stuff on Tapology. I do have some notes here. And the video breakdown for this is already up, so you guys already probably saw that. It's on the channel. But uh, I'll give you guys another, just another overview of, of this card. Now, also lines. Let's look at the lines here. Where have the lines done? They've probably moved around a little bit. So let's look at the lines and see how much movement we've had. And then I'll kind of help us move backwards here. Give me one second, boys and girls. One second. I had a lot of windows up before. I had to close out these windows. Too many windows. From the windows. Okay, now I have the lines that I that I had before um, the the market had moved. So let's look at these lines, pre movement and then after. Okay, so first fight, Carlos Bratis. I had him at minus one ninety five, and Mitch Ramirez at plus one fifty. And I'm going with Maria Ramirez to win the fight at plus one fifty. I like Carlos Bratis. I like him for the same reasons most people do: the length, the, you know, the speed, the hand speed, the flowing combinations. The jab, yeah, those are all good things here. But I, I have my reasons for going Mitch Ramirez. I think he's a pretty durable fighter overall. The better I think makes martial artist. But the line, look at the line here. The line now has Parata at minus two thirty, and Ramirez at plus one seventy five. So here we have line movement that's going again more so in the favor of of the favorite. You know, I believe that Ramirez is the better striker. I believe he's more technically sound. I believe he gets his hands back up to guard. He's just uh, not as risky. He's also the better grappler. I believe his cardio is also superior. Experience is the one area that Pratas definitely has an advantage. He's got 19, 16 here, 22 fights compared to seven for Ramirez. Ramirez is undefeated, 7-0. And I'm not saying Ramirez is like way better than Pratas, But 
I think he's better. <laughs> I think I think he's a more skilled fighter than people are giving him credit for. And for some reason, why is he getting steam here? I've got Mitch Ramirez by round one submission. That's actually in my notes here. This product guy is a kickboxer. He's usually the taller fighter in his fights, but he won't be in this fight because his opponent here is pretty tall as well. Got a heavy jab. He's not in one of his last 10 fights. That's impressive. He's currently enjoying a six-fight winning streak. He got KO finishes in his last five wins, so high finish rate in his last five wins against, you know, whoever, right? Four of those wins, by the way, were in round one knockout. Now, prior to that opportunity, prior to this opportunity, I'm sorry, he was fighting in LFA and won championships, both good promotions. So competitive opponents, um, you know, I mean, a lot of things to like. I think it's in trouble when he gets crammed against a cage. He gets crowded, gets taken down, holds his hands a little bit low, his chin's a little bit high. You know, I, I see holes in the game. And now at plus, the market's growing here, plus 175 or so. I mean, I have even more reason to consider Mitch Ramirez. But Ramirez operates at high pace, likes to push forward, forces opponents to work off their back foot. He's got less power in his strikes for sure. It's more like... He's working up, you know, combinations, looking at, you know, sort of like, you know, Sean Strickland style, right? Just peppering you with jabs. Go back to his amateur days. Yeah, if you go back to his amateur days, he's got a, he's on a 12-fight winning streak. Six of his seven pro wins are by finish, two by sub, four by TKO. Has two knockouts in less than a minute. I mean, look, it's hard to judge the competition. That's the one thing. We can say all these knockouts and finishes, high finish rate, but, like, you know, will it transfer to UFC? Who knows? I mean, the fight not going the distance is a safe spot to be in, I leave Ramirez into the distance is a spot I'm going to be looking at, and the fight just not going the full distance at all. A not, I'm sorry, fight ending by knockout. <laughs> so no distance, fight ends by a knockout either way, and Ramirez ITD. And again, the line has moved. Protest opened at minus 195. He's now currently sitting at minus 230, and Ramirez opened at plus 150, not minus, I'm sorry, plus 175. Matter of fact, let me update my records right now that I'm right here on my Excel sheet. But again, they're side-by-side comparisons. When you watch film on them, it's my opinion that experience-wise, yes, Protest has more fights, way more experience. Got it. Fighter IQ, same level. Cardio, I think Ramirez looks better into rounds two and three. Finishing ability, they both have it against, you know, okay competition. Um, Striking. I think Prados hits maybe harder than Ramirez, but technically he's better on the side of Ramirez. And then grappling, Ramirez is a superior grappler. So, all right, let's move on here. Next fight, Yosari Belgar- Belgari. Oh, a tough night with these names. Yosari Belgari, who is the replacement fighter coming in here to fight Marco Tulio Silva. Pull up their profiles here. I got a story to tell you guys. You probably heard the story already, but I'm going to tell it again. Yosari Belgari, middleweight bout, 185 pounders up against Marco Tulio Silva. Mr. Silva goes by Robocop. What? That name. Can we get another name? Robocop, 9-1 from Brazil, 28 years old in 11 months, so basically 29. From Shootbox, Diego Lima, very good gym. He is six foot in height. Good height for this division. And then Yosari Belgari is like, I got your height right here, brother. I'm six foot five. He's 31, so about the same age. Now out of Bethel, Connecticut. And you see Connecticut, you're like, what the hell is this This guy from Netherlands who's like, you know, Yosari Belgari, some guy, or what do you mean, Middle Eastern, whatever. Why is in Connecticut? Well, look down lower on his profile, Teixeira MMA and Fitness. He's training with Glover Teixeira and Pereira, those guys. So he's training with some lethal dudes, good training, good gym, good coaching. And Yosari is 6'5", man. He's super tall, lots of work with there, long range. He's 5-2 and two overall, 3-2 in his last five fights. 
And yeah, good fighter. Now, before I get to their backgrounds a little bit here, you're sorry compared to Tui to Tui uh to Loi Silva. Striking, I believe Belgari hits harder, has has more behind in his arsenal. Not more volume, just hits a little bit harder, has longer range. Finishing ability, they both have the same finishing ability. They both have good cardio or okay cardio. Fighter IQ, again, very similar. Belgari does not have a lot of MMA experience, but has more experience with kickboxing. And then for Tulia, you know, experience-wise across the board, 10 fights total mixed martial arts compared to only seven for Belgari. But again, Belgari has more kickboxing matches in his you know, background. So side-by-side comparison is very similar. But again, the striking, I would give a slight advantage to Belgari and grappling, slight advantage to Silva. Okay. My notes here on this fight. Where are my notes? I thought I had my notes here available. Yeah, so I like Belgari by second-round knockout. That's the prediction. This guy's a rangy kickboxer. Matter of fact, if you go back and look at his resume, you're going to find that he fought Adesanya and Pereira, has a win over Pereira. He fought these guys, both of them, multiple times. If you recall week one of Contender Series, Dana White signed Almeida, a guy who's like a 35-year-old prospect, way too old for this show, who won by decision, and Dana signed him. And you know why? Because that guy fought Pereira before, and they just want to market him for some you know, prelim fights, you know, whatever, just, you know, get squeezing the juice, whatever they can out of it. But consider that Dana signed that guy, 35 year old guy who won my decision two two men. And he didn't sign Nutson or whatever her name is. Julia, Josephine Nutson last week. It's like, I don't get it. <laughs> so yeah, ranging kickboxer, good jabs, no real good ground game. That's the problem with him. Taking down can be taken advantage of, but not in this fight. Be a problem. I don't think so. And uh, yeah, we get it. Yosario Belgari, though, has some striking, though, legit, and he's very tall. Now, for Silva, he's more well-rounded, has a submission on his resume, but most of his fights um, and most of his fights are going uh, to no distance. He's finishing the fights. Has been able to finish regional competition, but not sure, again, about his power transferring over to this level, whereas I think for Belgari, I'm pretty sure his power will. You know, Now, to the credit of Silva, most of his wins are over-experienced veterans, with respectable records. Now, what I mean by that by that is go back and look at Silva's resume. You'll find it's like guys who are, you know, 20 and you know, seven or so, or like, you know, 30 and 15. It's it's guys who are journeymen, but they, they don't have losing records. It's not so bad. So he's facing at least okay guys. This fight here, though, he's facing a guy who's super tall. It's gonna be a size problem for him at range. And I think the kickboxing is gonna be on the side of uh Belgari. So under two and a half rounds, fight is not gonna distance. Fight ends by knockout. Belgari has a parlay piece, all spots that I do like here. And the line opened at minus 125 for Belgari. It's now moved to minus 145. And for Silva, opened at minus 105. And now he's trading at plus 114 or plus 115 roundup. So minus 145, a little movement there. I think that makes sense. I think Belgari is better than him. I, I don't I have nothing against Silva, but doesn't do anything, doesn't wow me the way Belgari does. And if you're talking about like, let's think it's a close decision, I think Belgari gets the decision. And Dana probably signs him. Like, oh, he fought Adesanya, he fought Pereira. I don't know what it is about this guy. I'm going to sign him. Next fight Mateo Vogel versus Timothy Kwamba. Opening line was Vogel at minus 135. Vogel's now trading at minus 160. For Kwamba, open at plus 105. Kwamba's now plus 125. So more movement there, again, for the favorite. I do concur. I think Vogel, low-key, might be one of my favorite picks in the card to just win his fight outright. 
very good grappling game. You know, stand-up game is okay. Um, for Timothy Kwamba, left me very unimpressed with watching his film. Thought to myself that he's going to need to fight the absolute perfect fight here to get a win. And I think with uh, Mateo Vogel, the Canadian, I just I think he's more ready for the opportunity. A little more ferocious. He's eight and two overall, four in his last five. Twenty-seven years old from Ottawa, out of New Era Combat Sports. Five foot eight height. Timothy's also five foot eight height. Now based out of Las Vegas. Slight dog here. Four four and one in his last five. Six and one overall. Again, not a bad fighter, but I think Mateo Vogel gets him on the ground and at some point, submits him in round number two. Let's move on. Thomas Peterson, heavyweight bout, up against Chandler Cole. You know, <laughs> let me just tell you off the top of my head here, like how I feel about this fight because it's not worth a bunch of time here. Chandler Cole, who was on the Ultimate Fighter last year, he's a very short heavyweight. Like 5'10 is being nice. And here's just the reality of this when you're built like Parker Porter, and you know guys like Carlos Philippe and guys like Chandler Cole, it just it's always like a matter of time before you're done. Parker Porter may get one more fight, I don't know, but Carlos Philippe is done. You know guys that are super short that you know in essence are overweight. I believe that Chandler Cole, based upon looking, I'm just just judging with my eyes. That's it. Could fight two weight classes down, not one, two more full weight classes down from where he's at just how much weight he's carrying and so early on this guy is athletic he's the big guy who's flexible and athletic we all have a friend like that right they're big but you know what man they're they can move and that's him for the first three or four minutes and oh guess what happens he gasses out (laughs) can't believe it right He's been to what? He's got 13, 14 fights in his resume. If you include his, his, his contender series stuff, he's got a few, whatever, a few exhibition bouts. In total, he's been out of the round one, I think, one time. So this guy doesn't have any cardio. If he can't finish you in round number one, he gets finished in round number one. At least with Peterson, he's been out of round one. He, we've seen some, some more from him. I think Chandler Cole, like, he's got no real shot to win this fight. And God help me, what if he, like, what if he goes in here? And here's what he should do. He should go out there, balls to the wall, go after Thomas Peterson, look for a haymaker, these big overhand rights, anything lands, whatever, go for it. Take down, elbows, just go full Monty for two minutes, and if you wear yourself out, forget about it, whatever. But if he gets a finish, Dana will have to sign his ass. (laughs) So imagine Chandler Cole gets a finish in round number one. He's going to have to be signed. He's plus 470. Dana would be like, well, he's a big underdog. I got to sign him. He's a big underdog. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's possible. Chandler Cole, round one knockout, take that prop, put that into your pipe and smoke it. But for Thomas Peterson, I'm going to echo what's also going on in the market here. Everyone's saying the same thing. Set up to win, better heavyweight, cleaner record, more natural heavyweight. All things are true, but I'm implementing a new bit of advice here for contender series. For the next rest of the season, the biggest dog on the card Put a sprinkle on that person. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Because you know what's happening here? The market has gotten ahead of itself. Thomas Peterson may be the favorite. Yes. Okay. Fine. These are heavyweights and shit happens. Guys who one minute look fine, fall apart, one punch lands, one elbow, and next thing you know, we got this guy, Chandler Cole, jumping around the octagon doing splits, showing you how athletic he is. So, I'm going to sprinkle Chandler Cole to win, but I'm picking Thomas Peterson to win by a round one knockout, specifically like after that three-minute mark, three and a half minutes, four minutes, and Chandler Cole's like, you know what? I tried everything. 
I'm done. Size wise, by the way, what what's their size here? Height wise, I believe Chandler. We're gonna have a big mismatch on the on the face offs, right? Chandler Cole is five ten. Ah, five ten six one. Not that much of a difference. I mean, Peterson honestly, he's a guy who doesn't weigh in at two sixty five. He's not, he's not a full blown heavyweight either. Uh, now Chandler Cole, he does hit the full two sixty five. <laughs> anyway, give me Thomas Peterson to win round number one knockout. Last fight, Dylan Salvador, Bolaji Oki. Bolaji Oki from the Belgium. Very athletic, physical specimen with the blonde hair here on Tabology. A lightweight bout. And this is a 5-1 Dylan Salvador from France. Bolaji Oki, 7-1 from Belgium. 27, verse 30 years old. You know, similar in age. Let's get right into our analysis. Experience-wise, fighter IQ, cardio, finishing, all the same for me on both both sides. No advantage either side. Striking, though, small advantage for Bellagio Oki, not because of volume, just power. And for grappling, advantage to Dylan Salvador. And for Dylan Salvador, just grapple him, dude. That's probably your way to victory. And for Bellagio Oki, you got to stay at range, and you got to increase the volume. So for Bellagio Oki, like, if you watch his fights, that's a problem sometimes. It gets too... It's slow, tired. I don't know. I mean, just not enough forward pressure, not enough volume. But I like him to win this fight by a round two knockout. Round number one, not even round, but round number two starts landing some harder punches, gets himself a finish, and gets Salvador out of there. The fight not going to the scorecards is a spot, is a spot I like. Salvador by submission um, or Oki by knockout. All spots that i am kind of uh, got my eyes on here. But uh, for Oki, looking for his eighth win in a row. A little factoid for him. He started his career off with a, with a loss. And then from there, just psh, ripped off eight wins in a row. And uh, for Salvador, French kickboxer, make the transition here to mixed martial arts. Not a bad ground fighter by any means. Matter of fact, for a guy who was in kickboxing, his last five wins were by submission. Right? So, again, if he can go to the ground here, I think he does a better job there than the opponent. Could tie him up, get a body lock, slow down Balaji. And find himself a win in, in that in that area. So that's Tuesday night. Again, remember Tuesday night at what time? Seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. You should be here. Now we are into Monday. It's already Monday, not today, but Tuesday. Seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. Be here for our pre-fight show, and then eight o'clock p.m. for our live watch party. What else is on tap this week? Oh, you may have heard. Yes, UFC Francis, UFC Paris, UFC. France coming up this Saturday. And I do want to remind everyone, this fight card is a 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern start time. That would be 9 o'clock a.m. in California. You're eating mixed martial arts for breakfast in California if you're watching this fight card live. For me, I'll probably be, you know, have already mowed the lawn and kind of like had a few things already part of my morning. Definitely already had my breakfast, working out on my, my lunch and watching this fight card. 12 total fights. No titles are on the line, but main events could be Cyril gone. Sergey Spivak, people you know. Of course, Cyril Gaon was the interim champion at one point last year and uh, lost to John Jones and whatever else. But uh, lots of good French fighters. I mean, Cyril Gaon, Manifirat, Benoit Saint-Denis, who I'm becoming a believer of Benoit Saint-Denis, the former like Navy SEAL, basically, paratrooper commando from France. Uh, William Gomes, who looked really solid in his last fight, is very good on the ground. Uh, Yanez Gamori. Morgan Sharir, uh, Taylor Lopilas, Zara Zara Farron, 
okay, now that's where I like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if she's going to win her fight. Uh, Nora Corneli, Corneli, Corneli. I'm not sure who that is, but she's a big favorite. Haven't looked at her fight at all yet, but she's six and one up against Jocelyn Edwards, who's 13 and four. And Nora Corneli, who's from France, is a big favorite here. I believe she's making a UFC debut. Very curious about that fight. Uh, some names you might recognize here. Fareed Boshrod, who came from the Contender Series last year, looked good. Up against Clayton Rodriguez, who also came through the Contender Series, but a different year. Um, Ryan McKee from Ireland is making his second tour of duty through the UFC. Went 0-2 a few years ago. Went back to Cage Wars, won three trade fights. Now coming back up to the UFC. And who else here you might recognize? Um... Diago Moises, of course. Diago Moises will be scoring off against Benoit Santini. And then Manon Firat in the co-main event up against the Rose Namajunas, Thug Rose. You know, it's amazing how we, we break down fights every week and we're talking about fights. And sometimes we're like a two weeks ahead of time. We're looking, you know, the big fights, the you know, UFC 293 and whatever else. But this snuck up on my ass. When I saw that Manon Firat was fighting Rose, I'm like, oh, whoa. I didn't, I didn't realize that Rose was ready to go. And I'm glad she is because... It, it seemed like that last fight or two, man, whew, bad taste in the mouth, right? All I can see right now is that last fight of her, like, jogging around with Esparza and just, oh, man, it was so hard to watch. And then she did the post-fight stuff of, like, being defensive and telling people, like, why well, I don't have to always get beat up in there to be a fighter. Like, I don't have to always be bloodied up. Like, you know, like, I, I could be, you know, still win fights. You know, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Careful what you speak of. Uh, this is entertainment where people want to watch the, the blood, the guts, and the glory. And she sort of had like a, a moment of reflection, like, you know, a professor moment. And it's like, you know, have that moment in your own, but don't go tell people in public that you're out here trying to win fights and, and not get hurt or not sustain damage. Because even though that may be true, <laughs> you know, that fight was rough. I like Man If You're Out in this matchup. I think that her, like, she's going this way. And I think Rose is like right like this. It's like, can Rose take another bump up in her career? Will she just be here for a minute? Um, look at Jessica Andrade. Andrade like this. Boom. It's steady. I'll be ready to go in two weeks, coach. Uh, I might get finished in round one, but I'll be ready to go in two weeks. Man, if you're hot, looks like she's going to be pretty, pretty damn good. Making some moves. Not super young, so needs to get to work, but nice striking, long legs, functional on the ground. And for Rose, I think that's a fighter where it, you could tell that she's been through the wars and stuff, and it's like, I, I don't know if she wants to do that anymore. She's seen the other side, right? No more. So give me Furat. Main event, I like Sirogan. I think that the line is a little wild at minus 170, minus 180. I don't look. Sergey Spivak is not a bad fighter. 16 and 3. The guy's got a record that's decent, been in the UFC for a minute. In Moldovian, good roots, good genes, tough guy. <laughs> but Sirogan has lost to John Jones and Francis Nagano. That's it. Otherwise, the guy's a physical freak. Now, I don't know if he ever gets a title as long as John Jones is around because John Jones got his number. But this guy is probably going to be a champion at some point in the UFC. At some point in the next 10 years, he's going to be the champion in the UFC. He's very young. And I just believe he's way better than Spivak. We'll kick the hell out of Spivak's legs. And probably going to finish, though, because you know what? He doesn't get finishes. It's five-round fight. No, maybe leg kicks. It'll build up over time. Yeah, give me Cyril God. Definitely going to take St. Denis. Over Thiago Moises, who I think Thiago Moises is you know, getting a little long in the tooth. Vulcan Odismir versus Bogdan Guskov. I don't even know this Bogdan Guskov guy, so I have no idea who he is. I gotta look him up. I'm gonna go with William Gomes to beat Lucas Almeida. Don't mind Almeida, but man, Lu William Gomes' ground game is legit. 
Yanez Gamori, the French fighter against Colin Laron. I'm going to go with Colin Laron, the 8-0 and zero Irish, Irish fighter, who's a big favorite here, having not looked at film on either guy. Uh, Morgan Shari, 18-9-1, who's he's pretty good, man. Up against Manolo uh, Zecchi, the Italian. Yeah, give me uh, Morgan Shari, who's, you know, guy's got some potential. His record's a little beat up, but got potential. Taylor Lupitas, or Lupulis versus, excuse me. <coughs> Woo, excuse me. Wow. Taylor Lupulis versus Muin Gafarov. Oh, man, I remember Muin from his last fight. I don't know about Taylor, so I have a no no play there. Jacqueline Calva Conti versus Zara Farron. I'm I'm fading Zara Farron. Going with Jacqueline. Nora Car Cornoli versus Jocelyn Edwards. Kind of same thing here. I'm going to be fading Jocelyn. Going with Nora. <coughs> Angelusa from Sweden versus Rise McKee. Oh, man, tough bout. I'm going to go with Lusa though. And then first fight, Free Boshrat versus Clayton Rodriguez. Give me Free Boshrat, but you know what? The line is a trap. This Clayton kid's pretty good. And Free Boshrat, I mean, he's winning fights by decision as a big ass favorite. Like he was a minus, you know, four fifty or something. Or you know, last two fights, three fights has been a big favorite, and he's barely winning these fights by. Oh, I'm barely. He's winning by decision, not putting people away. So I'm just saying, he's a guy who I believe the market is overpricing. And I believe here he's overpriced too. Right now he's currently lined at. Let me see here. Where are those lines at? UFC. He's lined at minus three ten. It just seems like you know with Clayton, Clayton's very good. I don't you know this fight probably goes to decision. Could even have been a split. You know I don't think that uh, Clayton is that much less of a caliber fighter. Put it that way. Okay, guys, it's 1.20. I got about 10 minutes left with you guys. 10 minutes to the bottom of the hour. I'll be getting out of here at 1.30 a.m. Eastern time. But a few things before I let you guys go. The schedule this week. What's on tap? The video for Contender Series already went out. So the breakdown video is available on our YouTube channel. And the write-up is also available on our newsletter. That went out on Sunday morning, right? So newsletter write-up and video are out. The tip sheet will come out on Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you want to be here for our pre-fight show for Contender Series for week number four, and then follow that follow that up by 8 o'clock p.m. with our live watch party right here all night, Tuesday night, for all five fights. And on Wednesday, Wednesday night, 10.30, I'm sorry, 10.30, why is it, where, where did 10.30 come from? Wednesday night, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, right here for the next installment of Butterfly Guard with Haley. We'll be talking about all things... Uh, Contender Series, what happened the night before, and then also looking forward to UFC Paris and going over our picks and just kind of talking some shit and having a good time. So that's 10 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday for Butterfly Guard. Then on Friday, I'll be here with Haley. I'm sorry, Haley. What's wrong with me? I can't talk tonight. I'll be with Monique on Friday for MMA Happy Hour, and that'll be at 6 o'clock p.m. on Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, our new start time for Happy Hour on Friday. It's a happy hour. Open up a new bottle of wine with Monique and go over our picks, our last minute advice, what we see coming, you know, her strategies, my strategies, looking into UFC Paris, UFC France, UFC Fight Night, Gone versus um, Sergey. So that's the schedule for this week. Stay tuned. Be following us on Twitter. Follow us on the. Oh. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, all those locations. Follow us, tweet at us, subscribe to our stuff. 
like these videos, subscribe to our content. Your feedback is paramount. Without you, it's not possible. Again, our newsletter. If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, you're hurting my feelings. Subscribe to the newsletter. The link is down below. Run through Substack. No, no spam at all. Again, special thanks to Hype3 for jumping through this week and uh, giving us the write-up for uh, Road to Road to UFC. That was awesome. I appreciate you very much. What else do we have here? Oh, yes. Also want to give uh, a shout-out to my buddy over here, Anthony W., the the most loyal of, of loyal <laughs> of, of fans. Um. He is always supporting the channel. I appreciate it very much. Talking us up on the socials. You make things a lot easier, buddy. I appreciate it. Thomas Manzanaro. Yes. So you like her by decision. Is that what it is? Man and man if you're out by decision. So <clears throat> I like Manifer a lot. I like her here a lot too. And so Thomas Manzanaro, who is in France. Yes, UFC is going back to France. Should be an amazing show. Thank you, Anthony, for stopping by tonight. Hype 3, Thomas Montanaro, uh, Luis Rodriguez. Thank you for stopping by. Appreciate you very much, buddy. Uh, Antoine Willis, who came through earlier, always very supportive of the, the channel. I appreciate you very much. Terry Mizo, thank you, sir. If I missed you, PA Podcast, thank you. You guys do a great job over there. I appreciate you guys very much. If I missed you tonight, uh, I apologize. A light crowd, as usual. It's Midnight MMA. Uh, meant to you know entertain the the late night crowd but talk us up tell your friends come through on sunday nights 12 o'clock a.m eastern time which is actually monday morning and i'll be back here next weekend with you guys to recap the week that was and get a week a, a glance at the week ahead right so on that note guys i got a few last moments here before i get out of here i don't know why my microphone stand wants to like that's not gonna a problem aren't we? it's got like a, a spring on it type of thing and like sometimes when the that part of it gets a little loose. It wants to like kind of go up on me. No, not appropriate behavior. Um, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate that, man. We know uh, we we have been doing a pretty good job lately, and uh, we want to keep that up. Want to keep that up. Want to keep the momentum going. If any of you out there in the Echo Sphere have ideas for our content, if you have ideas for us to improve our content, or maybe something we're doing that's not good, let us know about that too. Uh, we want to improve the content. We want to make ourselves more available to you guys when we can. Newsletter, social media-wise, short clips of videos, interviews with fighters, whatever we can do more of or less of that you think we can improve upon, we're here. All ears, let us know. So, yeah, it's now into Monday, 1.25 a.m. Eastern Time. After I'm done with here with you guys, I'm going to be going right back into film study for UFC France. I am at the like the fourth or fifth fight on the prelim card. I have a lot of work to do. My process, which has not been working for me recently because I've been predicting fights wrong, but it's exhausting, and I don't know how any other way to do it. I got to look at everything, right? Stats, and then look at their prior fights, and then put my notes down, and you know, do some comparison, and then from there, I'll still make the wrong pick. <laughs> But um, I do want to be informed. That at least helps me, man. Um, thank you, Radic. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. The kind words are always appreciated. <laughs> thank you, brother. But uh, yeah, so Monday morning is uh, is upon us. If you are now in your car, riding to work Monday morning, hearing the broadcast on our podcast, welcome to Monday morning. 
Go kill it today. Have a have a wonderful morning. Ignore the bad people. Embrace the good stuff. Everyone love everybody. Start your week off on a positive note. Don't forget to get the coffee early. Get the coffee in your system early. Settle yourself down. Be up and ready to go. You know, the, the tools of a winning Monday morning. If you guys don't know, almost all of our shows are available via podcast. So that's one more place you could find us. Go to your Spotify account, Apple, iPhone, wherever you listen to your podcast and search MA Fight Club. And you'll see our little black and yellow logo. Subscribe to our little podcast there. Follow our content. Give us some stars. If you're not giving us like a five-star rating, I'm inclined to think that you are a hater. So do me a favor. If you haven't done so already this week, subscribe to our content via some, some session, whether it's some medium like uh, Twitter, TikTok. Tell you what, we have been killing it on TikTok. How about the apples? Go figure. Are those short video clips, the ones where we do like the uh, Swift Picks videos? Man, those get like tons of views on TikTok. And our TikTok channel is like growing now, more and more subscribers. So that's pretty cool. Look us up on TikTok. Again, look us up on TikTok under our name and look for our black and yellow logo and you'll see little short clips of our videos, even short funny clips with um, fighter interviews. So some ways you can uh, support our stuff. If you don't have ways to support us financially, which is okay, support us by clicking, liking, subscribing, all these different avenues and telling people about us. Tell people how great we are. We pay good prize money, and we're generous. We have a topology group, help you guys compete with each other, have some fun, lots of shows, fighter interviews. You guys are the best. You guys also give me some time to just like get away from the world myself, right? When I talk to you guys, it's almost like therapy for the soul for me. On that note, boys and girls, I am going to jet setting out of here and get ready to get back into my lab, take this polo off and put on like a really big baggy sweater uh, have a chicken pot pie that's in the oven that's waiting for me to go kill so i'm about to do some chicken pot pie i'm also gonna maybe do some more of the herbal essence but you guys are thank you so much for being here again i appreciate you guys very much i will see you guys next sunday same time same place for midnight mma but between now and then i'll probably see you a few places like butterfly guard again tuesday come back tuesday night 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Be right here. I'll be here for the pre-fight show um, for 10 series number four, and I'll see you guys soon. Deuces. Everyone love everybody. ELE.